0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to
1: show. I like show better than podcast.
0: To the secret podcast,
1: and you're not supposed to be listening to this.
0: And remember not to tell anybody because it's a secret. Shh, it's a secret. Shh. Okay, um, I think this is episode six. Couldn't be wrong. Um, <laughs> for any people who managed to find this podcast, let alone make it to this episode uh i congratulate you for reaching <laughs> new levels of boredom that one <laughs> could never think to achieve um so so with that uh during during this whole pandemic it's it's given me a lot of time to focus on writing um i can't speak to novelists or poets or playwrights or musicians or anything like that i specifically just wanna write for tv so screenwriting um, which is the, <laughs> the most dry and to the point form of writing that is the least rewarding when you get to hand it to fellow readers who want to help you make it better compared to somebody writing a novel or a short story or anything like that. Um, ah, so I can't speak for all creatives, whether it be like artists, painters, etc. cetera. Um, but having just finished the first draft, of a pilot for a show that's been in my head for 2 years. I've written another version of the pilot, but it turns out that that old pilot would be better suited potentially for a season 2 opener. So, ah, man, it's it's kind of tough admitting that you got to start from a new point. And that was that was fun because it gave me time to think and write and know how I want the beginning of the season to start and how I want the beginning of the, or the ending of the season to end. And what I'm now experiencing after just blowing through the first draft is kind of like, uh, empty nest syndrome that parents experience when their kids go off to college and move away. Um, because now I, I, I obviously know that my work isn't done because the first draft for anybody who's ever written anything knows, uh, it's, it's cheap. It's not, it's not good, frankly, regardless of how much time you really put into it. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to get back and rewrite it, but it's almost just as important to give yourself at least a week of distance, maybe more to get, get a fresh set of eyes that allows you to be objective towards your work because everybody is biased towards the work. Everybody thinks their characters are unique. Their story's amazing. It's, it's never been done, yada, yada. Um, and, and it's tough because I having, having thought and put so much time and effort into the world and to these characters and how they've changed over the years in my head and on paper, and I have just endless amounts of notebooks and little cards everywhere with little tidbits of information, um, it's tough. It's tough to just not go right into it again um, and just try and make it better. Um, I've Something I've struggled with in college and my later parts of life, albeit I'm only 26, is just simple patience. And maybe it's late onset ADHD or it's just the times that we're living in where we expect things to just be done quicker. That's kind of eroding my patience. But trying to work on anything else just feels like I'm almost kind of cheating on, on my baby here, my my what I think to be my magnum opus. But uh, recently listening to uh, a podcast, uh, one of my favorites that I'm re-listening through is Harmontown, Dan Harmon. He was the creator of Community and he's the co-creator of Rick and Morty. He also wrote Monster House, if you remember that obscure movie from from 06 or 08 or whatever. Um, but his advice kind of hit home with me, um, where he said, don't focus. (laughs) If I could give any writer advice, it's don't try and write that story that's been in your head since you were 25. Um, because it'll never be as good as what it'll be when you're 40, when you write it. And that's tough to admit. Um, it's maybe not something I'm going to follow right away because I I've put a lot of time into this and I I'm starting to see the improvement and I I see the potential in it. Um, But at the same time, I think it's very beneficial to write some things that you're maybe less attached to and allow yourself to just not worry and just kind of feel and write and have fun with Um, because his, his interpretation of the idea is ideas are cheap and nobody creates new ideas um there's <laughs> there's the other end of the line where he believes ideas almost kind of find you instead of the other way around um so <laughs> again his advice is to just almost kind of be hacky even though he's one of the least hacky writers uh, in in today in the golden age of television um but his idea is if you, if you want to make a first step or a first impression, just be that, be that asshole. Who's kind of cheap and takes just a very commercial route, but knows that it will be successful. And that's something that's very conflicting with me because as somebody who watches a lot of TV and takes, is kind of a, I don't know, (laughs) cheap critic to a lot of, a lot of shows. Um, it, I think it's, I think it's very valuable advice, <laughs> but at the same time, like I, what I'm doing for this fantasy pilot comedy dramedy thing is, I'm, I'm taking a lot of inspiration not just from fantasy shows or literature, but just from TV in general and just the rhythm of it, and I'm trying to merge genres that typically don't want to be merged, and I'm trying to create something that I haven't seen, but it's something I want to see, and understanding that yeah obviously it would be better if I wrote it in 15 years time I'll have more experience I'll I'll grow as a person I'll become a better writer by that time um it's kind of conflicting and just being done with something without necessarily knowing what you're going to do next is I just feel like I'm kind of in this self-placed limbo that I can't really get myself out of, um, and I, I I I try to occupy my time productively, um, but it doesn't always go as planned. Um, I'm, I'm somebody who finds a lot of a lot of joy in in procrastinating or doing stuff I'm not necessarily supposed to be doing. Um, so I think I've definitely shot past my my five minute mark here. So I'll, I'll wrap this up. I'm, I'm sure I'll end up. Bringing this back in to uh, for future podcasts, so again, thanks for listening. I don't know how you've made it over here again we're we're all just trying to get through this in our own way, so thank you for taking the time and listening.
1: All right, so here I go. Today I'm going to talk about uh, how I struggle talking about myself. Um, Maybe not as philosophical as that sounds, it's more straight down the middle in the sense I struggle talking about myself uh, because I feel like uh, it's been reinforced in me, maybe how I was raised or something like that, that you... You know you shouldn't just brag about all the stuff that you do brag about that you know uh and be cocky and arrogant and all that stuff but uh and I really really struggle with it because there I feel like every time I tell a story if I tell the story about myself I feel like it's either super self-deprecating or like I'm humble bragging or just bragging about stuff. And I feel like I really struggle with that. And I'm really conscious of it. And I know that that is one of the big things is if you are aware of it, you more than likely will be better at controlling it. Um, but throughout my entire dating life, anybody who's dated me and certainly the person I'm currently dating would attest to this is I've been called cocky or arrogant in some ways. And I feel like that's more, Uh, true because when i'm talking with them it's more personal it's more i'm allowed to be a little bit more open throw caution out the window all that stuff but what i'm really concerned with is how i talk when i'm talking to friends and other people Uh, i just feel like i'm super arrogant about everything i talk about and i don't really know how to remedy it besides just being aware of it and hoping people call me out on it uh one of the biggest things and a sense of vanity for me is i really like like what i do for work and all that stuff and i do enjoy talking about it but i feel like i'm bragging about it whenever i talk about it uh, i got super lucky with where i'm at at my job and where i'm at in my career and with most of the things in my life over the last year and a half or so but i feel just like every time i talk to anybody especially new people um, I just come off as really arrogant, which is completely fine with my friends who I've had for a long time. The guys who I normally talk to for a long time and everybody else who's known me for years. But the problem is I'm relatively new to a city. Thanks to the pandemic, I've only really been able to stretch out my legs a bit in in Portland uh, for like, I've been here for over a year and a half, but it feels like I've only really been here for half a year because of pandemic and all that stuff. So when I talk to new people, I feel like I'm just, just so arrogant or not even a dick. Like at least a dick, I can be funny or something like that, but I just feel like I'm just arrogant. And uh, yeah, I wonder what the solution is, not being arrogant, uh, maybe listening more, asking more questions. I feel like I don't do that very well. Um, yeah, maybe just being sincere, uh, throw my ego aside. But yeah, uh, that also kind of coincides with like meeting new people when you're (laughs) mid twenties and I don't know, (laughs) it's just tough as fuck to meet new people, meet new friends. Um, it's like coming along by doing things you like to do, but with the pandemic, (laughs) it makes things even harder, but also just with my close friends, it's so easy to just talk uh, like how you are and just completely be yourself. And you know, everybody tells you if you be yourself, then, you know, people like you and all that stuff. But when you first meet somebody new, it's so hard to just be completely true to yourself. Um, and I really I feel like I struggle with it a lot. But I also take some comfort in knowing that feel like most people struggle with this and also meeting friends in your mid to late 20s is not the easiest thing and uh, I'm sure uh, that's been well documented before but yeah so now I have 30 seconds and I wouldn't just uh, kind of sit here on the, um, when I talk about being arrogant not being able to meet people and about how there's thirty seconds left in this, and fuck it. I'm, I'm ending it short. I once promised you a friendly ride, a happy song. Well, here it is. Things are going
0: to good. Things are going to Things are going
2: to And it makes me uncomfortable. Things are going to good. Hey, everybody. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Tim. Um, I was asked by Marky and Gando to do a guest uh, podcast recording about this really cool idea that they were doing. These five minute podcasts gave it a couple listens and I like what I heard. So, you know, here are my two cents on a topic for five minutes. Um, and this is completely unsolicited. Um, I don't have any qualifications to be speaking about this, but who really does? Um, but before I get started, thank you to Marky and Gandy for inviting me on. This is a, it's a pleasure. Um, I always like to have people listen to my rants and ramblings. Um, so very cool to be a part of this. Um, now, I know when I was trying to think of what I wanted to talk about, um, Marky told me that kind of just whatever, just I had five minutes to talk. And so I thought of a topic, um, and I feel like it's a good one to talk about. And the reason why is just I feel like today's day and age, everything is just so politicized, you know. Um, Everyone has a hard opinion about a lot of things, and maybe I wanted to interject some levity into that conversation. So I decided to pick a topic um, that is not controversial at all, um, and that's war, you know and specifically speaking like old-timey wars so like this is like I said I'm not an expert on this topic but have you ever like I I think about it a lot because it doesn't make sense to me and like maybe like today's day and age sure there's different tactics but I'm talking like revolutionary war um that just doesn't make sense to me because it was just like they all just lined up in a line and then they just like fought each other. And I'm sure there was like surprise attacks and everything like that. But from like the history books that I always saw, like they always just like met up in a field and just like lined up. But like, how did they organize it? That's I think that's my biggest question is just like d- there was no email and there's no phone calls, obviously. So did they like just write to each other and be like, hey, let's meet at this guy's backyard and just fight for a little bit and then just have one of us walk away at the end? Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, how was that like a thing? Because uh, from what I've seen, it's like all these battles and like reading and uh, history class growing up. So I'm very foggy on this, but it, it seemed like they were just like people's backyards and how weird would that be just to like look out in your back and you know you're going out with like your morning coffee and then there's just a war going and then do you just do you watch or do you like go back inside like how do you how do you handle it and I think that's an odd thing that we really overstep and not overstep just over we don't think about enough I'll go with that and it's just like and the, the, there's just, like, the roles of these people were like, how did you get the short end of the stick to be the guy just standing in the front? Like, you know you had to die, right? And, like, that had to be, like, the worst job. But actually, there could be – never mind. There's probably the worst job would be, like, the flute player because, like, in history, there's only, like, two notable flute players in my book, and that's Lizzo and, like, those dudes in the Revolutionary War because, like – How do you not think about those flute players, like, twice a week, which is probably arguably too much to think about them, but at the same time, like, how bonkers was that job? And because it's, like, the amount of concentration they must have had, it just had to be impeccable. Like, there's dudes in wigs marching in a straight line shooting at you, but you got to worry about hitting that clean, like, C-sharp. Like, go ahead and mark me down for a no thanks. My God, that's a big fucking yikes like and then like what song do you play like I feel like do they coordinate with each other or like the other people around there it's like that the whole thing is weird like how did that become like a thing and how did you volunteer for that were there tryouts for the flute player or is it just kind of like someone was just like hey man here's a couple notes I don't know how the flute works I don't know if it's a challenging instrument to learn I feel like it doesn't look that hard I think there's only like three buttons and you just kind of you just blow into it. But that's just, that's just weird to me too. And I don't, I don't get it. And I think that someone f- who knows history needs to explain it better because there's a lot of open-ended like, and, uh, things with it. And then I just don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. And I'm, I'm running out of time. I just realized that five minutes is not enough time to talk about this topic because I have written down like six other thoughts on this. So I guess I'll sign out. Maybe I'll do a part two if I get invited back. But this one's a pretty bad podcast. So I'm assuming I won't be. But those were just my thoughts. War. Am I right, guys?
1: Oh, shit. Things are going together